Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Welcome to the show and go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Hello and welcome to the show and go. And it's not with Jimmy and Drew this week. It's actually with my good mate, Pete Playford again. He's joining us for the second week in a row. Pete, thanks very much for giving us your Sunday morning on what is a very happy happy Easter Sunday morning. Happy Easter to you too, Drew. And I guess there was a bit of anxiety this week waiting for that call up again to get my second, uh, my second uh, radio show. But here we are. And I feel that uh, this week, the preparation's been a bit different to last week. Last week, you had a bit of a raspy voice, and I feel that you perform <laughs> a bit better under pressure. Yeah, look, sometimes. Uh, look, my pre- my preparation isn't always uh, like exact. Let's just put it that way, <laughs> uh, coming into a Sunday morning. But, look, I feel good. I feel good. The, the Easter Bunny came and visited me this morning. Did he come to you? Yeah, he did come to me, but I also spent the day at the Easter show yesterday, which uh, really has to show some how much patience you've got. And bravery. Yes, I took my nephews out there and they're a bit worried about the rides and uh, and what happens at the rides. But no, all in all, a really good day and a, and a good Easter. Are you dodging chocolate this year or are you all over it? <laughs> are you saying anything? <laughs> Why I should be dodging chocolate? Or? No, 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 just asking. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into uh, the tight five, our top five stories on in the rugby world this week. And we're going to kick it off. Brad Thorne. Brad Thorne's been under a fair bit of heat in this last sort of week and it's sort of it's it's multi-layered and the first one is there's a bit of chat around the successor to Dave Rennie once he's finished with the Wallabies head coaching role and whether it's a foregone conclusion that it's going to be Dan McKellar the current Brumbies uh, coach that'll take over Dave Rennie but now after some comments from Brad Thorne saying that he'd be honoured to take up a role as the head coach of the Wallabies now he's thrown his hat in the ring and someone from Rugby Australia, a high-ranking official, unnamed, faceless, has come out blasting uh, Brad Thorne, saying that he's not a team player. Yeah, I don't like it, Drew. Neither. I, I think it's uh, this political space where they can leak stuff in order to get their uh, agenda across. And I feel that Brad Thorne's been great for the Queensland Reds, and I, I dare say the inner sanctum um, would appreciate him. Had a huge success. And I think now that Australian rugby is starting to get their stuff, you know, the ducks in a line, they're now coming out. But uh, Brad Thorne was working in a pretty dysfunctional Australian rugby over the years and managed to bring together a Queensland rugby team. Young players have success. And now all of a sudden, Australian rugby wants to move into the World Cup planning. And now they're probably thinking he's not the answer. Yeah, I also think it's, it's quite ironic when you're talking about Rugby Australia in terms of it's effectively a team, right? And a potential successor to the, the Wallaby head coaching role, someone, a faceless, nameless source has come out and said that Brad Thorne's not a team player, but is that is that source also <laughs> not being a team player by saying that? I don't like, I just think it's it's baffling. Um, so that's that's unfortunate for Brad. The, the Queensland Reds were quick to come out in support of, of him and, and release a statement to say that they absolutely deny any of that type of um, sentiment around Brad Thorne. But then the other side of it is there's been some ongoing dialogue from, not again, not from players, but apparently that the players aren't necessarily happy with the, the load in, in terms of um, contact training and the, and the training that Brad Thorne's putting them through, uh, the amount of minutes that some of them are playing. Tenny Olatupo is obviously the big name that Rugby Australia need to retain in their, in their contracting ranks. He's now come out a little bit worried about how much, how many minutes he's playing. 
Um, it's been echoed a little bit through other players and murmurs when they've been signing or not signing on. And so what, what's your what's your mindset and your thoughts around player load and, and this idea that you're playing me too much? Look, I think it's, it's very, uh, very interesting. When we were playing, Drew, wingers had thoughts. Props didn't have thoughts. <laughs> so if he's thinking he's playing 20 minutes, I guess it's a change in times. But... Look, I think it's all, you know, they're very big on loading and all that. When we were playing club rugby into professional rugby, you'd play as long as you could. Some mm. players, some props would play four grades on a Saturday. Now, look, I, I, it's a given that maybe there's more collisions and the higher, higher impact collisions. But I think that, you know, if you ask some of these players, they're going to tell you what they think, where previously they probably weren't asking them. Yeah. I, I think also if you get yourself in a position where you're so valuable to a team, that they need you for 80 minutes and you're paid to play 80 minutes, then you play 80 minutes. Um, all this, all this chat about loading, like it's, that's perfect world scenario. I mean, when you, when you're employed by someone, sometimes you don't get to choose and you might want to sit there and say, Oh, I want, I want to go and experience something else. Well, guess what? You play 42 games in France. So if you're, if you're worried about loading, don't go that way. I know there's a little bit of chat about going to Japan. Anyway, it's an interesting one just to keep an eye on because yeah, Brad Thorne, whether it be for the Wallabies coaching or coaching his young players there at the Reds, there's at least murmurs, and I don't agree with it, but um, there's at least murmurs that we need to keep our, our eye on just to sort of see where it progresses. Look, based on that adage, I should have only paid about five minutes <laughs> a game, but I think that um, Rugby Australia needs to galvanise the group. Coming into such an important year next year with the World Cup, they need to be out front-footing this, saying this is everything we want to uh, bring together to make it a good environment for players to play. They're up against it with financials around the world. They don't need this local kind of murmurs mm. to detract them from what Australian rugby can do. That's right. Number two on the on the top five is the Waratahs. And I hate to say it, but did they have too much firepower, Drew? <laughs> Are you using firepower, the old uh, sponsor of the Western Force because of the Waratahs played over there in the West and uh, I... I'm still unpaid by Firepower, <laughs> still holding on to those shares that Tim Johnston and his team at Firepower were, were throwing around like lollies and we took them up and and uh, yeah, we're still waiting for that, <laughs> that you're fuel. Holding, you're holding out hope? That fuel pill. Well, we have to because we've got nothing else to <laughs> hold on to. But look, I, I thought the Waratahs were strong last night. Came out of the blocks up to sort of 24-5, I think, pretty early. Um, and just when you give a team like the Waratahs in the, in the sort of the form that they're in, that type of lead, you're always going to be chasing the game. And the Western Force was strong in the second half. They, they had a crack, but they, you know, when you're giving that type of um, start to a team with so much firepower <laughs> like the Warriors, then you're going to be struggling. Yeah, look, I think Darren's done a great job mm. because, you know, last year and the years before, them starting like that would have been very different, but they came out and really put the game to bed. Now, the Force came back, but... I think there's a reason why there's a coaching change at the force. I think getting the best out of that squad because they're, on paper, a much better squad than what they're playing. And the next big story is the Super W final is being decided. It's the Waratahs versus Fijiana and Drua. That's going to be played on uh, 2 p.m. on Saturday in Super Round down in Melbourne. And that's because the Waratahs girls toppled the Reds ladies 36-0 on Thursday night at Eric Tweedale uh, Oval out at um, Parramatta. Uh, a dominant performance, and the Waratahs, who are being dominant in Super W, have only suffered one loss in its existence, and that's from Fijiana. They, uh, they'll, they'll get a chance to right their wrongs uh, this weekend. Look, I'm looking forward to speaking to Grace Hamilton about this. That's because it. Because 
for so long they've had so much dominance and it's shown that they've won the semi-final 36-0 and what they're looking to do better this week to come up against a very, very red-hot Fijiana squad. And another one, another big story is the Sevens is back on, the World Series. Just played a, a tournament last weekend in Singapore and a good friend of ours, Ben Gollings, a t- former teammate of both of ours, actually. We played in a tens tournament in Singapore, actually, with uh, with Ben Gollings. But he's now the head coach of Fiji, uh, men's seven side, and they got the first win in Singapore. And now they're playing, literally, as we speak, in Vancouver. Yeah, look, a great result for Ben. I know that they didn't go into the first tournament of the year, I think, in Dubai, but he kept the squad back. And talking to him when he went over there, getting uh, buy-in from the old uh, the, the older players and really rebuilding Fiji again, because he said there's plenty of players to pick from, but picking the right ones and bringing them together is a real skill set. And look, he's done well. Hopefully he takes that right through to the World Cups and can have a gold medal, gold medal success in, in the years to come. And the last one, we have to mention it, Drew, but as they say in the, uh, in the media world, mics are always live. <laughs> Yeah, look, I I, I, I laugh um, now, but I learned a pretty serious lesson on Friday night. Um, unfortunately, someone at work uh, pushed go live on the broadcast well way too early, and it caught out some uh, some conversations that I was having with some of my colleagues uh, before we went on air, and um, yeah, just things that probably shouldn't shouldn't go to broadcast. And uh, yeah, I've certainly learned a lesson and and appreciate that the sentiment around mics are always live and just be careful of what you're saying when you're rigged up. And petitions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> petitions don't work, and I'm not going to be signing any petitions. But, look, that's our tie five for the week. Uh, coming up, we've got Grace Hamilton calling in to talk everything Super W final this weekend. And if you'd like to join the conversation, please text us on 0457 736 736. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Yeah, thank you for tuning in on this Easter Sunday morning. And look, we tend to get the stars of the show or the stars onto our show, the stars of the show, the rugby show onto our show, the show and go. And this week... I don't come much bigger in the sense that we've got Waratah Super W captain Gracie Hamilton on the line. Grace, how are you doing? Good. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you too. Did you get any little chockies this morning from the Easter Bunny? Yeah, I just did um, out in Orange. So, yeah, went around with the family niece and nephews, a little Easter egg hunt. Hopefully not too many chocolates for you though, Grace. You've got a big game coming up next Saturday. You must be pretty excited getting into the final against Fijiana and Drua. Yeah, so excited. Obviously, playing in grand finals, I don't think there's anything better. So, yeah, pumped for that. But, yeah, laying off the chocolates today. <laughs> Just talk us through uh, the, the final game that you had against the Reds to get into the final. It was a pretty dominant uh, display in terms of the scoreline. Did it feel like it was that dominant when you were out there, 36-0? Uh, no, definitely not. I think, like, it's a testament to the Reds. They came back fighting in the first – that first half was really tough. I knew – that our confidence, grow, our confidence grows when we score points. So it was like, we just have to score some points and we'll be fine. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a really tough first half for us. Now, Grace, it's Peter Playford here, fellow Sydney Uni alumni. <laughs> um, just a, a quick one in regards to Fijiana. They've come into this competition red hot. What kind of difference have they brought to this competition in way of gameplay? 
I think it's just another level up. I think you watch any Fijian team and like the offloading game is second to none. And we've never really played that sort of style in Australia. So for us and a lot of girls, like we've got so many young girls, they've, they've never been up against that, especially in the last two years. We haven't played a lot due to COVID. So it's just like playing that next level up. And I think obviously uh, Fijian have been in camp for another like four months. So them spending time together, training as professional athletes, you can see them getting better and better. And just, it shows you like the investment in women's rugby and how much better teams can be for them. And and what's it, the million dollar question? What's it going to take to beat them? I think we just got to we got to be prepared to defend. And I remember when we played them last time, and it was just like we got rattled in the first fifteen minutes. But for us, we had opportunities to score points, and we and we didn't. So it's about our execution. We're going to stick to our set piece. That we're probably more dominant around our set piece, and that's probably something we'll look for this weekend. Maybe we'll even look. Hopefully, the rain will happen. No. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I don't know. We just got to stick to our structures, I think, and not and not buy too much into their, when, their when gameplay. It, whenever I marked a Fijian winger, I always prayed for rain too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now, Gracie, tell us a few of the players to watch. I know that you're obviously going to be really concentrated on a, a full team performance, but Mahalia Murphy, for one, she's been in strong form. She's just come back for your latest uh, hit out against the Reds ladies. As well as Mahalia Murphy, who are some of the other ones that we can uh, look out for when we tune in on uh, 2 p.m. on Saturday afternoon? Uh, well, I think the best ones we've got back, we'll have both Laurie Kramer and Mahalia Murphy back in the starting side, which will be unreal for us. Yeah. Um, They've been, we've had a few niggles around injuries and things. So having them back, we haven't played with them both since round one. So for us, having them back will be massive for us. And I think that probably the best player, I think, on the park this year for the Waratahs has been Georgina Fredericks in the, mm. in the centres. So for her, her work rate around the park is unbelievable. She gets a turnover. She plays like a seven, but is a 13. And, yeah, she's great for us. So I'm really looking for her. Now, at this show, Grace, you'd probably hear when you, when you listen regularly, we leave no stone unturned in terms of our preparation on our guests. But you work at the Scots College, is that correct? Yeah. And have done yeah. for about five years. The question yeah. is, is twofold. One is, you know, what do you want to get into post your rugby career? But also around this investment into sport and this full time, what's it going to take to get more girls or more women are getting paid full-time. I saw the NRL has increased their salary cap. What's it going to take from your uh, perspective? Uh, I think it's just someone actually putting their hand up and being like, hey, I want to be the person that makes a difference. And I think that comes from the top top down. Obviously, everything does. But it's about a lot of people say that they want to, they want to create change and they want the women's game to be at a different standpoint. But... Yeah, there's not really a confident person up there. Be like, this is how we're going to do it, and, and this is what we're going to do. And I think that's what we're still looking for in, in our game. I know there's a lot of other women's sports that already have, but like I say it to like the mere like um, statement that the Rebels make when the CEO was like, "Yep, these girls are going to get a thousand dollars a game," and and for us that's unheard of in our women's mm-hmm. rugby in Australia. So the mere fact that they can put their hand up and be like, "Cool, this is what we're going to do." Um, I just think it's really good and it makes the women there like feel like they're cared and, and yeah, and talked about and part of the club, which is which is great for us. And look, Grace, I've gone through the ranks of playing admin and, and I found that if you wait, you're not going to get. So maybe you're the answer. Post your rugby career, you can put your hand up and lead this uh, women's game into a full-time world because it's not that far away. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I would love to obviously help the game in any way I can. But yeah, I don't know. There's different opportunities for women around the world now. You can go overseas to the UK and stay in union and get paid for it. So 
I know there's there's a lot of girls wanting to play and around the world now too, so it's exciting for the game. Grace, please do not underestimate what you're doing and the power and the impact that you're having on the game because you are an absolute star. Good luck this weekend, and thank you for sharing some of your Easter morning with us here on the show and go. Oh, thank you so much for having me, guys. Have a lovely day. Good luck, Gracie. Look forward to seeing you guys do your thing on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Can't wait. Cheers. Okay, now it's time for the Super Rugby Wrap here on the Show and Go. Time now for the Super Rugby Wrap on the Show and Go. We've had a big weekend of Super Rugby Pacific and, geez, it started on Friday night with arguably the, the game of the round and one that we'd all been looking for for a long time. It's been a long-time rivalry between the Blues and the Crusaders, and this one certainly lived up to the billing, Pete. Look, finals vibe was, mm-hmm. was definitely on. Look, I, I thought the Crusaders down in Christchurch would have gone 13+. plus. It's the first <laughs> time since 2003 or so the Blues have won down yeah. there. So uh, a, really, a really interesting game, one in the forwards, and I think also one of the, the keys, and it's probably a key for the All Blacks as well, the Battle of the Tens, Drew. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, uh, Richard Mwanga's probably had um, a mortgage on that jersey for a little while. Bowden Barrett went up for a period of time, played for Suntory in the uh, Japanese League. He's come back. He was sort of playing a bit of 15, deputising to Richard Mwanga, but now he's he's playing um, week in, week out in the number 10 jersey for the Blues. Inside, just so much firepower. There's that term again, but so <laughs> much X Factor outside. I mean, Rico Iwani... He's just on fire, that guy. And then you've got the likes of um, Talia out wide, is Sullivan as well. And then if you're in a position to bring Roger Tuovasashek on with 25 to go, your depth is pretty good. And, and how do you think the Australian team's going to go up against that? Uh, look, I mean, it's, it's going to be, a, you know, obviously a different picture to what they get. They play a different style of game. I think the one thing that you can see when the, you watch the Kiwi teams play is the speed in which they play is just... It looks a lot quicker than what we are. And what, what I mean by that is the, re, the recycle at breakdown time. Whether that means they're not as effective at slowing it down or they're better at clearing out and, and making that ball available, that's for the, the teams to go in further depth in, in terms of their analysis. But the speed in which they play can really put you under some pressure and then that's when you see teams infringing because they're not able to get back and reset a defensive line. But 27-23 to the Blues, that was a great way to kick off the weekend in Super Rugby Pacific. And then it was down to Melbourne. Uh, Suliasi Vunivalu, his return to Amy Park, where he scored so many tries to the Melbourne Storm. He was playing with for the Reds. First time in a long time after so many hamstring injuries. In a big, uh, in a win, I say big, but it was a high-scoring game, 36-32 over the Rebels. Yeah, look, I think for, for someone that's had so many hamstring injuries to get through that first game unscathed, I think we need him. I think it's a, a really big in for Australian rugby. I've always been a huge fan I think that he's going to make a big impact. But in regards to that game, I think we're, we're seven or eight rounds into the competition. The Reds uh, are, are winning ugly, which is great. The Rebels put up a good a good fight, but I think the Reds are more dominant. Yeah, and then it was the uh, the Chiefs, 45 to 12 victors over Moana Pacifica. Look, this is, this is the end now for Moana Pacifica in that tough period where they were playing catch-up games and they were test, testing their depth as well. So... Look, not the results they would have wanted, but now that they get to come over here for Super Rounds this weekend and thereafter just play one game a week and get back into normal routine and normal recovery, preparation, that type of thing, I think we'll start seeing some um, better performances, stronger performances from the Wana Pacifica. 
one in Pacifico, I would have loved to play in those games. I was very good at warm down and captain's runs. <laughs> and I wouldn't have to do the contact sessions. But look, a big ask for them in the first year to play so many games, but the Chief clearly dominant. And the Highlanders lose another one. They've just they've lost so many games within that seven point bonus point this year. They lost twenty two twenty one to the Hurricanes. And I just saw some comments this morning from Aaron Smith saying that they're getting robbed by the referees. There was uh, he made reference to a uh, a high shot uh, from one of his players that had to go off, and I think it maybe have been a, a yellow card. And then also referenced that one of his players came away from contact with a clear black eye, and they was well, nothing was made of it. So he's just worried about some inconsistencies going against his team. And yeah, when when you're sort of you're playing well but you're losing by just single-digit numbers week in, week out. It, start, it, it can get frustrating. You sort of start to look elsewhere for answers. Look, Adi Sevilla gave a, a slight nod when he was talking about refereeing because he got the rub of the green this week, but last week mm. was a different picture. Look, I think it's a question that um, we, have to, we have to ask. I think getting a, a referee onto the show over the coming weeks, Drew, will be worthwhile. Yeah, we'll try and get Nick Berry onto the show or maybe Damon Murphy. We'll get them and just, just like hear things from their perspective because I think as well, the more that – they're visible and more that we can hear from them from their perspective and, and put a human element to the refereeing. I think we can all become a little bit more empathetic to it than, um, you know, than when we're just so biased from our team, either not getting the rub of the green or not. But then the last game of the round was last, last night. The Waratahs, 41-24 victors over the Western Force over there at uh, HPF Park. Look, if you were the, the force and Matty Hodgson there, the, the team they've got on paper is much better than the results they're doing. So you'd be disappointed, wouldn't you, Drew? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think just the way that they just started the game, they were never going to be able to come back and win that after, you know, leaking so many points early. The, the Waratahs is getting a huge amount of momentum off the back of those few, uh, few tries. Um, and Nwangani Tawase putting the hand out and getting a, an intercept try. And then, yeah, it's just, they happened in such quick se- succession that it was just so tough for the Western Force to come back. So a good win for the Waratahs and getting some much needed momentum going into the Super Rugby round this weekend. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Yeah, welcome back to The Show and Go. It's with uh, Pete and Drew this week on your Easter Sunday morning. And look, it's this is a really exciting time for us. We've got another great guest joining the show. We've just had Waratah's... Super W captain Gracie Hamilton join us, and now we've got an absolute star of rugby Australia and world rugby, Quade Cooper, joining us all the way from Japan. Quade, mate, happy Easter! How are you, brother? I'm not too bad, bro. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us and and taking the time out of your schedule, mate. Just want to firstly just catch up with uh, with where you're at. I, I saw that you just had a little bit of time back here in Australia and now made your way back to Japan. So what's uh, what's happening with you around uh, with your footy? And uh, did I see you, you had a little brace on your hand at one point? Yeah, I had a had a little a small little um, fracture in my um, in my hand. Nothing serious. So I was just out for about two weeks, um, and now I've just got... So it gave me an opportunity to be able to get home, and especially with the way that the borders have opened up. And here in Japan, you can travel back if you're a resident, and if you're vaccinated, then you can um, come in and without any quarantine. So that opened up a, a little bit of an opportunity to be able to get home, see my family, spend a bit of time at home, and then come back for the finals starting next week. Now, 
Look, I don't know if it was just by coincidence or not, but when you were back home, the Wallabies were in a camp on the Gold Coast, and I know that your name's been thrown around for this Giddo Law um, possibility of you coming back and joining the squad. So did you have any conversations with Dave Rennie, and could we see Quade Cooper facing the English with when Eddie Jones brings his team down in July? I mean, we, we, we never know. Like, it's, um, you know, there's there's a few conversations that'll that'll happen over the next little bit. But, um, you know, for me, i just got to focus on, you know, the final series that we have over the next few weeks. And then um, anything that happens outside of that, I know that I'll be ready physically and mentally um, if opportunity arises. But as I said, bro, like, with our finals coming up, it's a pretty important time because yeah. in Japan, it's all about promotion and relegation. Okay. Well, and look, I know that... Just pretend that you're just talking to, to you and I and not the thousands upon hundreds of thousands of <laughs> listeners that we've got. But if you're going head-to-head with your good mate, James O'Connor, for the 10 jersey, who gets it? Oh, mate, who knows? That's, again, <laughs> that, that's a five-hour pay group, Donald. That's all about the, the powers that be. Um, you've been in many of those situations, bro. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, like I, I haven't seen too much of the Super Rugby, but... Um, by all means, I've, I've heard that Rabs is going well, and you know, I hope that he can, he can continue that. Um, the better form that all the players are in, the better the Wallabies will do. Quade, Pete Playford here. How are you going, buddy? Hey, good mate. So, yeah, good. Been a while, and I think it's uh, 2007 or 2006. I was in a camp with you for Super Rugby. 2007, <laughs> I played you, and now 2022, I've interviewed. It's like the full circle. <laughs> But I, I think the question for me is more about, you know, I'm super proud of watching you from afar in, in the way you've gone your ups and your downs. And, and as a, a player that probably never really got into the, the level that I wanted and, and, and through a number of reasons, you've managed to come through a number of different areas and, and, and really grow and to be the player you are now and more off-field. But what would you, what advice would you give to some players who never really made it or are at the cusp of, of making it based on your experience? I, th- I think that the, the main thing for me anyway, over over the past like four or five years, was working out who I was as, as a person and not allowing you know the identity of being a, a wallaby or being a, a red or waratah, something like that, define you as a person. Now, when I let that define me as a, as a man and as a person, there was a, there was a lot of pressure. There's a lot of, um, I guess, standards outside of yourself that you you had to, that you thought you had to live up to, um, you know. And I think that's so. You, you think about games. We play games every other week. Um, there's a winner and a loser. Now, if you win, you're on top of the world, and if you lose, um, you're down in the dumps. And that's solely because your your worth or what you value is based on the result of a game as opposed to who you are every day and how you go about your life every day. So I think that for me, any advice I would give to, to any youngster coming through is to work on who you are as a person and the values that you, you stand by every day because they'll hold you in good stead. And when you go into a game, um, you'll have things that you fall back onto and all you all you can do is do your best. So. I look at every day, so my training, how I go about my training, my diet, um, my relationships with my family, my friends, the, the people that I care about the most. I go, I look at those and then I think, okay, we only, we play 10 to 20 games a year. How many days do we train? How many days do we 
go about these things, those are the real challenges so that when you get to the game, it's all easy from there. And, and the result, based on win, lose, or draw, is not what you're solely focused on. You're solely focused on doing the best that you can. And, and if you're doing the best that you can and you're living at a high level, then the result more likely is going to fall in your favour. Look, amazing, Quaid. And I think hopefully one day you get to give back in, in a coaching way uh, to, to help some of these guys coming through because there's a lot of players that, that haven't got that clear identity and, and can be lost in that whole way. But outside of rugby, I've transitioned into fashion and I see you've done a little bit yourself. Uh, what, what does it? What, what does fashion do for you? Man, look, I think fashion for me is just, again, like, so as, as we just spoke about, like, how I identified myself. Like, I used to see myself as my worst was in being a wallaby. So, whereas that's being a wallaby or playing for Australia or, or even just playing professional rugby in, in general is just a very small part of who I am. It's, a, it's an important part, um, but it's just a small part. And I see fashion as, a, as another sort of part of me. And I like to express myself, and then something that I've found you know very stimulating, especially from a creative point of view. So being able to um, start my own brand and you know have that launch in, in the next few weeks, um, it's been a about a year in the making. Um, it's been about five or six years in terms of an idea that that I've wanted to do, but I've kind of been a little bit hesitant and, and a little bit afraid, I guess, because as I said, when when I didn't know who I was as a person, it's kind of hard to put yourself out there in an area or in a, an environment and, and be quite vulnerable with, you know, those around you, um, you know, because you're opening yourself up to not only criticism, but, you know, like, I, I guess, judgment. And when you're not in a place to, to be able to um, sort of handle that or, or take that on board, um, you know, then it was something I was always afraid to do. So right now it kind of represents to me um, growth in, in myself as, as a man, but also being able to just, give something to the community a little bit of myself mate i i love the the name of it it's it's and give this use this as an opportunity to let us know when we can get our hands on some of your products because it's, it's called shosai is that have i got the pronunciation right it's a it's a detail in japanese is that right yeah so it's shosai which is translates to detail in, in japanese and you know, there's a little sort of slogan there that that is called that i use which is the truth is in the detail. Mm. And that's something that you know, I feel like I, I live by every day now. It's something that you can, like, everybody can interpret that, um, you know, how they want. But for me, the interpretation is that, like, the truth is really in the detail. So everything you do every day, um, you know if you've cut a corner, you know if you've, um, you know, put, put the work in. You know that if you've covered everything to make sure that you've given yourself the best opportunity to have a great day, to be able to, um, you know, win the day, and and I think that that for me is something that that's held me in good stead. Mate, that's awesome. And lastly, we just want to touch on. Look, you've got a good mate in Sonny Bill Williams, who just uh, returned back into the square office against Barry Hall and did it did it pretty uh, pretty easily. I think you were actually there that that night, but he's now been called out by Jake Paul, or at least named on his on his hit list. Could we see if that happens or in an upcoming bout for Sonny Bill Williams that perhaps Quade Coop will be on the undercard? Oh, mate, I, I would love to be. You know, Me, me and Sonny were having a, having a yarn about that and just being able to get back in the ring together, um, be able to do camp and that together because boxing is just such a, a different beast and it's like 
if you're if you're in and around that change room, you you feel the energy, you mm. feel the the tension, and it's it's such a um, I guess it's a beautiful sport when you get down to the the intricate parts of it. And um, you know, so I'd love to step back in the ring and. I sort of hope for Jake Paul's sake that he that he doesn't jump in the ring with Sonny. Um, you know, being with a, an athlete of Sonny's ability and mm. you know the work effort that he puts in, um, just be a different beast. So um, yeah, like I, I mean, it'll be it'll be exciting for for the boxing community, the boxing world, and especially um, for Australian boxing as well. Mate, that's amazing. And look, if that is on the cards, make sure you rest up that hand. Make sure you, you you don't fraction that further so that if the opportunity does come up, we can see you in the the square office again. And Quady, thanks so much for taking some of your Easter Sunday morning to, to chat with us on the show and go. And mate, look forward to seeing you back out there. Good luck with your finals for the Japanese competition. And hopefully you see you back here in gold sometime soon. Appreciate it, bro. Always good chatting to you. And um and good, good to catch up with you too, Pete, bro. Thanks, Quady. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. And welcome back to The Show and Go with Pete Playford and Drew Mitchell this week. Jimmy's away in Kosamui, I think, at the moment. He's still holidaying after a long stint at work for the aqua rugby but he'll be he'll be back joining us next week and steering the ship again and yeah i'm not too sure this is perhaps a little bit awkward i don't know what happens to you pete <laughs> or you do yeah look it might be all three of us together it might be me having a week actually you know what i'm going to say it now i'm not going to be here next week i'm going to be down of course to the super round down in melbourne in at uh, amy park which so that might mean that you've got another call up next week but we'll get to that throughout the week but this now it's time to preview the upcoming game, Super Rugby Round. It's a great initiative. All 12 teams are going to be in Melbourne for one huge weekend of rugby, and it starts with the Chiefs versus the Waratahs on Friday afternoon. That's the first time we see an Australian team up against the Kiwi team, and so there's going to be plenty of eyes on this one, Pete. Yeah, interesting to see if uh, how far the Waratahs have come. It's always that, that interesting test playing against the Kiwis, 15 months out from a World Cup as well. So they're really starting to ramp up. Who's your tip? I'm going to go Waratah. Yes, same. And then it's Moana Pacifica against uh, the Western Force on Friday night. And this one, this one's this one's a bit of an unknown because, like I said, the, the Moana Pacifica, they've had a tough draw in the last three weeks playing six games, tested their depth. They've had a couple of injuries as well. Sakopi Kepu, he's out with a shoulder injury at the moment. So this one here for the Western Force could be there for the taking. Yeah, look, I, I think though Moana, I think they've got a, a yeah. lot of support down in Melbourne. That the, It could be an interesting one. I'm going to go for an upset here, Moana Pacifica. All right. And then, of course, Saturday, it kicks off at 2 p.m. with the Super W game, Fijiana and Drua versus the Waratahs ladies. I'm going to go with the Waratahs getting redemption back over the Fijian and Drua, Fijiana and Drua team. I concur. All righty. And then it's the Blues versus the F uh, Fiji and Drew straight after that game. And the first after, uh, first game of the men's Super Rugby Pacific. Um, look, the Blues, for me, have just got too much firepower and, and really make you pay when you, you're giving over turnover ball and, and ill-discipline, Ill which unfortunately has been a bit of a feature for the Fiji and Drew side. Yeah, look, but I think the the way the Fijians play, they're probably more suited up against the, the New Zealand opponents and the Blues who have... Top the table, you know, stranger things have happened, but I think the Blues will be too strong. Okay, and then uh, the Saturday night game is the Hurricanes versus the Reds. 
And uh, look, this is another interesting one. The Reds have uh, the, the the form team of this side of the the draw, the Australian side of the draw, and they're going up against the Hurricanes, who have have been plucky. They've they've had some big wins, but also um, lost games, perhaps where they probably felt like they shouldn't have lost as well. So that's going to be a big test for the Reds. And I think you'll see that the players are well and truly behind Brad Thorne in this one, and they'll get a really comfortable win. Yeah, look, last year they didn't have too much of an eye on the um, the, the Kiwi side of the draw. Once they won the um, Super Rugby Australia, they they partied and had their Mad Monday and all the rest of it, and then basically came together for two days and, and went up against the Kiwis and and uh, and yeah, they got spanked in that game. But from all reports and everything that we're hearing from the Reds players and coaching setup, they've had this their eye on this round uh, for a long time, and they're going to be much better prepared. So look for a big performance from the Reds, and I'm going to tip the Reds. Then we've got uh, Sunday afternoon footy. How good Highlanders versus the Brumbies, and this one, like I said, the, the, the Highlanders have lost a lot of games by short margins. So. Where they're sitting on the table is not necessarily a reflection of where they're going um, or how they're going, rather. But I think the Brumbies might be too strong for them on this one. Yeah, look, I think the Brumbies are the real deal. I think the way they play football, similar to the way the Fijians like playing the, the Kiwis, the really structured approach can frustrate the Kiwis. And I think the Brumbies are a, are a smoky to take out the whole thing this year. And the last game of Super Round down in Melbourne at Amy Park is the Crusaders versus the hosts, the Melbourne Rebels. And look... This may may stop me from getting into the stadium on, on Friday, Saturday, and or Sunday, but I'm going to go with the Crusaders by a margin. Look, I think it's a really a really a, a turning point for the Rebels in in their history. The fact if they can get a crowd together for this Super Sunday or this Super Round, and really use this as a stepping stone to to make their season improve in the second half. Look, I don't think they'll be strong enough for the Crusaders, but. Getting up for the fight and being right in it will be a, a good result for the for the Rebels. Yeah, so plenty to look forward to. Super round for Super Rugby Pacific as well as a Super W final all happening down at Amy Park this weekend. Make sure you get your tickets if you're able to get there. If not, tune in to Stan Sport. All the action live. So, uh, look, it's just exciting times for rugby fans and uh, plenty to look forward to. We're going to go to a break and then afterwards we've got Pete's final closing comments before uh, before we wrap up. So if you'd like to ask myself or Pete anything, please text us on 0457 736 736 and join the conversation. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Um, welcome back. And now, Pete, we've got a few minutes to go before we wrap up the show today. And look, one thing I've always appreciated appreciated about you is how deep you are as a thinker and how left of center you are as a thinker. So I just wanted to give you the, the open mic uh, to just maybe shed some light on something that you want to uh, to chat about here this morning on this Easter Sunday morning. Yeah, it sounds like I'm going to do some breaking news <laughs> or something. Um, no, Drury, look. I'm so passionate about rugby and, and the positive impact it's had on my life, more so off the field than on the field. And I think based on what I, I left us with last week about the, the revenue generating and, and how potentially we can flip it, I just want to bring up some points around brand rugby Australia and the way revenue's generated at the moment to, to how it could potentially go to and what are the, the missing ingredients. So, if you look at... Now, Peter, I did say we only have three minutes of this, <laughs> but do your best. Yeah. Um, so Brand Rugby Australia is, is very centred around sponsorship and getting people to the games. 
right? That's from how I see <laughs> it from someone that's in the game. So apologies to anyone in the marketing department of Australian Rugby if they see it differently. But from the outset, it's very sponsorship-driven, very game-driven, and you can see some of the responses around playing a game at the Sydney Cricket Ground and everyone saying it's the worst ground to play at. And it's it's very driven by getting money in to support the game. Now, I feel that when you look at Brand Rugby Australia, then you look at the NBA. Now, I know it's totally different, but the key to me is that individuality. Mm. And we've seen Quade Cooper talk very openly about how he is off-field and his passions. And and if, for those of you that follow Quade Cooper, you can see he really does you know, embody what he's talking about. And, and his growth has been nothing, nothing short of, of exceptional. And I feel that once we tap into that individual way players can be, I know that I would have benefited from it mm-hmm. if I could truly be myself in that rugby environment and not seen, as Quade was saying, around very conformed around winning and losing. It's a really interesting way that how do we get it so that we don't have to get sponsorship in order to fund the grassroots. We can actually use our individuals who are our most powerful asset to make sure that we can get them rocking up, wearing whatever they want to make it one of the best spectacles in the world because we've got some really key events coming up. Yeah. We've got the Lions, we've got the World Cup, we've got the Women's World Cup and I'd love to be a fly on the wall or even a person in a seat mm. in some of those rugby meetings to really try and elevate the brand. I, I think there's also some some small things that can have really big impacts as well. Like we're seeing in some of the MLR teams, just even having names on the back of jerseys as well. Like when 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 young boys and girls are watching our stars of our game, whether it be Super W or Super Rugby Pacific, they need to be able to know by looking at the screen who those players are, not waiting for some commentator to put a name on them as well. So little things like that, I think, is, is again, just celebrating and, and encouraging that individualism uh, of players out there and also so that we can start to engage and, and attach ourselves with some of those players on a deeper level. And, and you make a good point there. And you saw when uh, Australian cricket put numbers on the back of the tests, yeah. the impact that had and the BBL. So I reckon we're... We're upcoming to a rugby revolution. Oh, we're scratching the surface here, Pete. And hopefully, hopefully you're going to be back next week because I won't be. But the main man, the man that steers us around every week, Jimmy Galvin, he'll be back. But Pete, at least from my point of view, thank you for joining me the last two weeks. I've very much appreciated your time and your company. So thank you. Happy Easter, Drew. Happy Easter to you too. And happy Easter to everyone out there. Thanks again for tuning in to the show and go, and hopefully we'll we'll join you again (laughs) next week. (laughs) Have a good weekend.